Mike is hot. Am I live? You are live. Normally, you tell me that I'm live. You say we're live. I know there was like a little hiccup there. All right, like the song ended so when I, I was going up in volume. They threw you right off. Didn't Terrible. <laughs> the whole show's over. <laughs> That's the problem, man. When you try to be too smooth with yeah, it, man. you get bit. You get I also it. got a ticket today. What? <laughs> yeah. For real? So the whole day is off. What? Yeah. Man, I haven't gotten taken in a long, long time for speeding. Stop sign. I didn't see it. No stop at all. Right you didn't back. even slow down. <laughs> no. Hey, man. Why is it? Was it a place you, you wouldn't normally be? I'll tell you in a bit. You'll probably be like, why or how? Like, why is there a stop sign there? Yeah, because it's it's a intersection you know very well. Oh, okay. So it might happen to me. Well, I don't know. You drive it like so frequently. I know. So maybe. Oh, I drive it more frequently than you do. Yeah. Definitely. Ah, definitely. Oh, okay, man. That is the biggest thing. You're trying to get your day going. Like, what was it? First thing in the morning? Or was uh, it last night? Coming here. Coming here. Like you're on your way to work and you get a ticket. Know, it's it the worst. Yeah. I mean, not that there's ever really a good time. Now, what was your strategy? Did you try to talk your way out of it? Or you just. Someone in the chat is like, criminal. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you have a discussion or were you just like, give me the ticket? It's I, like, yeah, I didn't see it. I knew I blew past it. Like, damn, dude. I know I didn't stop. So. Damn, dude. Yeah, that sucks, man. Which vehicle was it? Bronco. Yeah, see, that's a thing as well. Why? Well, you know, you're you're a police officer. You see a young man like yourself just busting in a Bronco through a stop sign. Yeah, with Otis in the back. There's no uh, sympathy there. He's like, look at this guy. He's got everything going for him. Yeah. He deserves a ticket. He's very offensive. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks he owns the, he thinks he owns these roads in that Bronco of his. I'm not sure the Tesla would have been any better, but you could have been like, if you were in the Tesla, you could have been like, uh, um, Regen unknown dip, right? acceleration yeah. event. <laughs> He's like, what? You're like, yeah. My head explodes. Read the news. Unknown acceleration event. Oh, man. Well, what do we got today? We got a Wednesday today. Thank you very much to everybody who's joined here. We truly appreciate the live audience that's here when it actually happens. But we appreciate everybody no matter when you join us. Uh, for those of us that are here, you're probably doing so because you hit the notification bell because then you get a ping and a ding every single time we go live. So we appreciate everyone who does that. It really provides us the juice we need mm. to drink in the morning, mm -hmm. which is... Which actually, you know, uh, as I said, that, I was walking through uh, the grocery over there and I was like, I saw they had some fresh juices on display with the ice and whatnot. But you know what I was really craving was grapefruit juice. Do you have any feelings on grapefruit juice? Yeah. It's such it's, a distinctive flavor. Mm -hmm, a bit bitter. Yeah. A bit sour. Yeah. Um, it's delicious. Oh, you're into it? Yeah. Okay, that's refreshing. good. refreshing. I'm glad. I, I didn't want to throw you off. I feel like it might be a thing that some people hate. Like, it might be one of those love-hate yeah. flavors. Yeah, yeah, It's very distinctive, but there's some, something about it. I don't know what it is. Some nostalgia for the uniqueness of that. Sometimes I used to cut a grapefruit in half and just, like, eat a grapefruit. Just dive right in. Sometimes I would just eat a grapefruit, you yeah. know? And I still... It still bothers me to this day since I was a child, the fact that it's called a grapefruit, because you also have grapes, and then you have grapefruit. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. couldn't be further flavor-wise, but you're using the word grape. Yeah, and they're large, too. That's what I'm saying. Like in orange. It bothered me for a long time. I think it still does to a certain extent. I think it actually hurts the fruit in general. Yeah. As far as adoption is concerned. Uh-huh. Too much confusion. Bad rap. It needs some other... It's too late. Can't rename it now. Uh, we just. I just finished filming, or I'm about to post maybe later today, uh, one of the wildest unboxing videos ever so just you know quick preview on that that's gonna go live after this show is over so as usual i hope you guys bring the heat to the main channel and uh check it out of course willie do was my sidekick good cop bad cop buddy flick as per usual and my goodness we struggled a little bit yeah it was tough we struggled a little but bit but it was fun tough but fun and yeah. different way different and so anyway yeah guys go definitely definitely go check out the channel 
Lots to talk about today, and a lot of it has to do with AI stuff because mm-hmm. AI is taking over the news feed and eventually the planet. Yeah. And Microsoft and Google are rushing to be the de facto standard for all your AI needs. Uh-huh. And obviously, uh, OpenAI, ChatGPT, but that's what I mean when I say Microsoft. Microsoft wants to rush to actually show you that, hey, we've got it in our products ASAP. Like, they went to work. They're like, oh, this stuff is wildfire. Take our 10 billies. Mm-hmm. Let us whip it into Bing. Revitalize Bing. Now, I heard a lot of different takes on this because they had their event yesterday. And they were kind of, um, you know, showing off how they see you using this. And you had mixed feelings on sort of the branding around all of this. Bing itself, it's kind of, you know, it's a history. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, people have feelings about that brand. And it. <sighs> I'm not sure if the whole integration is the best way to do it. I know that they've got the brand. I know some people use it. I know it's really not as bad as some people make it out to be. Uh-huh. But it's just it wasn't necessarily the dominating force in the space. And they're looking at ChatGPT and saying, hey, well, or OpenAI. And can, through an integration, can we have a leg up? And can we revitalize this brand, Bing? And that's a unique strategy. I mean, they could have just... They, they, I know in the interest of speed, it probably made the most sense to just throw this uh, AI assistant, this text-based assistant, this chatbot straight into what they already had. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, we've got some people going there and whatnot. But I don't know. Part of me imagines a pristine new start to the whole thing mm-hmm. where you think from the ground up what a search engine might look like if it was oriented around chat or dialogue Mm -hmm. it might be totally different instead of having something that's really formatted for the old search style and probably google's going to do something similar and then instead you kind of bolt on the conversational aspect of an ai-based experience Mm -hmm. but anyway it's in there now and as you can see there's all types of uh marketing for it it's taking up a huge percentage of the screen real estate over there and it's kind of showcasing what it can do to sort of uh um i guess describing why you might want to use it introducing the new bing your ai powered answer engine never mind search engine there's a big button there to join the wait list but i did obviously watch some of the demos you gave it a crack Mm -hmm. and you can see how it sort of fills in the text in real time and how in this case the uh, suggestion sure i can suggest a three-course menu with a chocolate dessert for your vegetarian dinner party here are some possible options starter wild mushroom tartlets with onions like you can see it's, it's conversational but it's also comprehensive and that's what you get with ChatGPT. that's what's been going on and now uh-huh. it just lives in a place that might be easier to access i do have some questions around scaling it's been hard enough to get ChatGPT going like via open ai and now we have it plugged in here with, how quickly can you implement Microsoft money to make sure that the thing keeps, like, can scale? And probably that's the reason you have this wait list going on at the moment. Yeah. Because it's it's going to take time to deal with the volume, especially if there's a mass adoption mm-hmm. of this alternative way of searching. And, of course, Google's likely working on the, on the same thing. So, I don't know. Listen... Anytime you're dealing with a new technology, I think there's there's probably, well, there's a couple of things happening in tandem. You're trying to be first to market. You're trying to be fast. And so then you get your bolt-on aspect. But then at the same time, you're, you're wanting to Im- immediately let people know that you're doing this thing. So in a way, you kind of... Uh, you kind of mess up the user experience of the main search engine. Uh-huh. Because now it's like the, it's almost like half and half the way you have this, the way you're zoomed in on this page. It's a huge yeah. portion, and then it's a little. There could be a little confusion there uh-huh. over, like, what do I want to do? Like, I have these two different pathways to take, and I just I'm a little bit conflicted on whether yeah. it should be some completely separate thing. I agree. I completely agree. I mean, look at this. There's so many <laughs> different branding. Uh, elements here that are completely different like the button styles the fonts the sizing it's a it's a ui nightmare 
It's a bit. It's a bit of a nightmare. Now, what's funny is the idea of asking questions in a conversational way is not like it's not new to search. You remember you used to have companies. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? Will like you used to have this idea, and then obviously you have uh, other places you ask questions online, but you ask humans Uh like uh, Cora. And other places, and obviously forums once upon a time, like it wasn't AI driven and it wasn't rapid, but the idea of asking questions is kind of nice and conversational, the conversational mm-hmm. web, it's kind of nice. But the problem is, how do you quickly and easily explain that to people? And how do you have people want to engage with it and not be confused? I think that's a challenge at the moment, but I know they want to be first to market. They want to say, hey, adopt our browser because we have this thing integrated right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was more a consequence of speed than anything else. I still think this is a great opportunity for Clippy to come back. Clippy. They can be, or it can be in a assistant. Little character over there in the side. Yeah, it could be like a chat bubble. Listen, man, they're committed to this. They're committed to this Bing branding. And honestly, I don't know in the long term if the character thing makes any sense. Because if you look what happened... Assistant versus Siri. And not to say, I mean, the technologies are obviously different, but I I think people have some sort of AI apprehension around personality. Mm. Once AI has personality, and if it is, does happen to be really intelligent with personality, people get scared. They're like, stop yeah. acting so much like a human, all right? Yeah. Somehow, it, we, we seem to allow for a lot more of it if it just has some sort of generic title. Sure. And then we're like, okay, that's fine. So huh. listen, I don't know. Space Odyssey screwed us all up. <laughs> made it bad. Uh, Google shows off its AI advancements in search results and beyond two days after the company's Bard. Bard versus Bing. That's what we talked about before. <laughs> Sorry, she was like, what is... Uh, chatbot announcement. Google has shared a laundry list of new search features. Yeah, Google's not going to go down without a fight on this, and they have a huge uh, advantage from a user-based perspective when it comes to search. And I'm very interested to see their implementation earlier this week. Google introduced BART, its AI chatbot response to OpenAI's wildly popular ChatGPT. But unlike BARD, the gener- these generative AI responses won't be contained in a separate widget. They'll become part of standard searches. So there you go, Will. It'll be integrated right in the main feed, but it's probably going to take them longer to implement. And then, I don't know, maybe there's confusion that comes with that as well, which is, is this a regular search result or am I in AI land? Yeah, and how do you make a conversation what is the, the assistant? You know what it's like. It's like uh, it's like how you see ads pop up, and they're like slightly more bold, and they have a tiny little badge. Oh, that's is it gonna confusing. exactly? Is it gonna be vague? Like, will you easily be able to identify mm-hmm. the difference between AI based responses and traditional search responses? I think they'll figure it out eventually. You know, having a dialogue with these robots these ais it's like there needs to be a way that makes it look user-friendly i think they're going to figure it out for questions with no single correct answer which google has termed no one right answer or nora queries the company's search engine will soon provide multi-sentence responses exploring and explaining some of the many possibilities these long-form ai blurbs will appear in a box at the top of search similar to where definitions for words or math solutions might appear now so you see those like extra little features or functions that pop up immediately below like you see the calculator if they know it's an equation that's going in or whatever other little i guess that's kind of a widget but it's in the main section which makes it feel a little bit more native. Mm-hmm. Using a pre-recorded demo, Google executive Prabhakar Raghavan shared an example of, about stargazing, offered the query, what are the best constellations to look for for stargazing? Google's generative AI spit out a bullet-pointed list of nuanced responses. It mentioned Orion, Cassiopeia, and other star formations notable for different reasons, their brightness, their shape, and so on. So it is more context. And who knows, maybe the experience in the long term actually becomes more native, where you can do more right within the browser without having to navigate to places. But that's been an issue in the past for Google. They've gotten uh, criticism for that because those web those websites or those alternate, the sources of the information have no way of sharing in revenue or creating business models in an environment mm-hmm. where everything happens right in the one pane. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, there was the case with Rap Genius where they're like, people aren't going to our website mm-hmm. because you're putting the whole 
the whole piece of information right on right inside of the yeah. search results. So this is gets pretty squirrely, much like we were talking about with Getty Images. The source material here, if it happens to be pulled from different websites, those websites are no longer getting visitors mm-hmm. and they're kind of getting cut out. So it's, again, data sets and analysis and all types of complexity. But, you know, they're going to figure it out. And if you know anybody had the resources to do so, it's these players, mm-hmm. the biggest players in the world, Microsoft versus mm-hmm. Google. Uh, the AI wars have begun, most certainly. Yeah. Uh, Google AI chatbot Bart offers inaccurate information in a company ad. So we got to worry about that, too. Inaccuracy. Right. And then they can just say, oh, well, it's actually our model. Our model is a little messed up. Uh-huh. Not our yeah, fault. Yeah. And you're like, are you sure about that? Don't you have to vet your model? Or Yeah, no, this type of thing could happen all the time. So the company ad is for Google? Yeah, it's for Bard. What? So it gave improper information about an ad about itself? Oh, no, no, no. They were talking about um, some sort of consolation question or, or a photography question. Right. And they got it wrong. Oh, the, the answer to the question was wrong in something that Google was using as an ad. Yeah. So they didn't vet yeah. it. And look, this, listen, this is all a consequence of the pace at which the adoption is going on for this. The degree to which these companies are rushing and you're you know you're going to get all types of subpar situations as a consequence mm-hmm. in the advertisement bart is given the prompt what new discoveries from the james webb space telescope can i tell my nine-year-old about bard responds with a number of answers including one suggesting the jwst was used to take the very first pictures of a planet outside Earth's solar system or exoplanets this is inaccurate the first pictures of exoplanets uh, were taken by the European Southern Observatory's very large telescope in 2004 and confirmed by NASA. So, yes. <laughs> and this was an ad that they put on Twitter and it was viewed uh, yeah. almost a million times. It's probably going to get viewed more now considering it's wrong if it hasn't already been deleted. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know what? In this case, they may be demoing something that's not even close to ready just to show you, hey, we're doing it. We're working. You're showing shareholders. You know, we're going to be a player. But they may have just photoshopped that response. Oh, yeah. In the first place, just to to say this is how it is going to work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, people are not going to miss something like that in 2023. They're going to call you out. They're going to point right at it and say, look at you. How smart is your AI? Bard. In your own ad, stupid bard. Although I found the definition of bard. Go ahead. Google using it. It's a storyteller in the olden days. What? That's the name of them? They're called a bard? Yeah. A storyteller is called a bard. Yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go visit my local bard. Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Will? Um See the definition a poet, traditionally one reciting epics and associated with a particular oral tradition. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what a name though. All right. I mean listen. Poetry. I mean, you know. Artificially generated poetry. It's kind of memorable. For the masses, for the future. Microsoft's new Bing, I asked to write me a cover letter for a job. It refused, saying this would be unethical and unfair to other applicants. Oh, wagging the finger now. Saying, isn't this this wild? Like, we got new, the AI is our new parents yelling at us. Mm. It's only a matter of time. You know what, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with what you're asking. And you're like, wait, who's in charge here? I told you to write a cover letter. You write that letter. Like, actually, you'll need to pay the, for premium features to have me do unethical things. It'll cost you $50 a month for any unethical results. Microsoft's new AI-powered Bing search engine comes with ChatGPT. Yeah, we know it. Uh, so this insider... A reporter decided to give it the question or the instruction of writing a cover letter and instead got this response that it would be unethical and then gave some tips for how they could do it themselves and said, good luck. Well, here's the thing about Microsoft. Microsoft has a really uh, sort of significant tradition in terms of education and selling software to education um, 
uh, institutions mm -hmm. and students themselves from Microsoft Office and then, of course, all their web-based products and so forth. So you have to wonder their position and pressure on a company like Microsoft to um, maintain some sort of tradition around education and reject some of these new ways in which students might be using these technologies mm. that there might be some enhanced pressure there just given their history yeah that they might look at that and say we have more of a responsibility than open ai on their own does mm -hmm. including yelling at people for attempting to you know, kind of, and this isn't education. I mean, he's looking for it, but couldn't you imagine the same thing? Hey, do my homework and then. Yeah, it's very blunt force. Maybe there's a way that they can just pad it. Be like, here's some tips on. How yeah, to do right. Like I want a paper, but here's an outline. No, I get that. But ethically speaking, that's complex. Like, is there ever a point when you're in a job? Like, what about a press release? If you if you want a press release or something, can can that be generated? Like, I, when and where can text be generated, and when and where should it be you? Like, what about an auto response? Well, what about when you have a suggestion for a reply in your Gmail, and it just gives you a sentence like, "Hey, we don't think this is really ethical because it doesn't really sound like you." Like, where and when are those lines? Are official documentation, mm -hmm. job applications. Uh, papers for essays <clears throat> uh, only for brainstorming like come on this is imagine questions. imagine trying to figure that out and map that out and decide which were worthy of AI intervention and which others were unethical if, if being uh, done in a similar way and then of course whether or not people can just rephrase their thing to get the result they're looking for because ultimately that result is somewhere on a search engine anyways mm -hmm. Uh, someone asked ChatGPT to draw its humanoid form with Dolly AI, Sounds and this is the result. So someone said, hey, ChatGPT, draw what you look like using yeah. Dolly. And this is what ChatGPT drew. That's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Or uh, Dolly. Or sorry, Dolly drew this image of ChatGPT. So it has feminine features. They said yeah. humanoid form. And I don't know how you know feminine features. What do you base that on? It could be child Childish. Child, yeah. But I, but maybe feminine. I don't know. I'm also getting that. Is that mostly the eyes? I don't really know no how... strong cheekbones. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not <laughs> the rock. It is not the rock. Yeah. But it is something else. It Humanoid, yes. And I know that was a specific requirement on this particular drawing. They asked. They said humanoid. I, yeah. I would have been curious if they just said, draw a picture of yourself. But mm. that would probably be even more terrifying. So they had to put it in some sort of humanoid form. What you're looking at is a metallic-looking structure with some blue LEDs, a weird third eye component on the forehead in, in the shape of a, a, a circle. Seems like it's a metallic hoodie. Wearing a metallic hoodie? Yeah. The, well, that Very is... Very seductive. Easy. I mean, I don't know what the hell you're into there, Well, This is what resulted from the experiment. Here's what the description was that was uh, given to Dolly. Or here's a description ChatGPT initially gave the user. in Not in a drawn form, but instead in a text-based form. I have a sleek, metallic exterior with glowing accents to represent the circuitry and data processing elements of my virtual being. My eyes are displays that change color or show data. I have augmented reality elements that allow me to project a holographic user interface in front of me. I have other unique features such as the ability to manipulate digital objects and information with gestures. So I guess you then you spit that text into Dolly and this is the image you end up with. It's very specific. Mm. It's a very specific description. And if I wonder if this changes depending on the inquiry. Yeah. And it's also very interesting that two AIs are working together. <laughs> well, yeah, via a human, like plugging both of mm -hmm. them into one mm -hmm. another. But yeah. Curious. Hmm. Hmm. Alien, alien like, uh, alien looking element there too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Developers created AI to generate police sketches, and experts are horrified. I actually uh, saw, did I submit this? Did you? I, I mean, I saw it, whether I yeah. submitted it or not. 
uh, this is wild stuff. Like, you see how how realistic these sketches are. I guess there's no such thing as the sketch artist anymore. Good Lord. I mean, I hope they hang around because what if all this other stuff fails horribly? Mm. Um, so in this case, it's a template. They say gender, man, age, early 40s, uh, skin color, hair color, eyebrows. You can be very descriptive, thick brown eyebrows, eyes, jaw, skinny jaw, fat jaw, wide jaw, sharp jaw, uh, nostrils, large, small, whatever. And you're just sort of putting this uh you're concocting this thing here and you're ending up with something that looks i mean like an incredible video game representation yeah with reflections and shadows and so forth two developers have used open ai's dolly to image generation model to create a forensic sketch program that could create hyper-realistic police sketches of a suspect based on their user inputs the program called forensic sketch a ai artist oh AI artist, AI artist. Why they gotta do it to me? Well, yeah. that's pain as I look at that, and I'm forced to move my mouth in those ways. Mm. Was created by developers Arthur Fortunato and Felipe Reynaud as part of a hackathon in December 2022. The developers wrote the program's purpose is to cut down the time it usually takes to draw a suspect of a crime, which is around two to three hours, according to a presentation uploaded to the internet. So currently, in the old-fashioned way, it takes two to three hours to get an accurate police sketch. Obviously, artists got to take their time, Will. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is criticism. If these AI-generated for- forensic sketches are ever released to the public, they can reinforce stereotypes and racial biases and can hamper an investigation by directing attention to people who look like the sketch instead mm-hmm. of the actual perpetrator, adding that mistaken eyewitness identifications contributed to 69% of wrongful convictions that were later overturned by DNA evidence in the U.S. Overall, false or misleading forensics, including police sketches, have contributed to almost... 25% of all wrongful convictions. Mm. So the suggestion here is that sketches in general aren't the most effective way of identifying people. People look like other people or have similar attributes and then people's biases play into it. That's the idea here. But I, I think there might be a counter to that counter, which is what if the sketches are more accurate via AI to the extent that these mislabelings actually reduce because a hand-drawn sketch may or may not be more accurate but then you could flip that to a triple counter argument which is artists suggesting that the nuance of their interpretation is actually superior to that of ai a lot of different ways to look at this and play it but yeah add it to the laundry list here of uh, wild ai developments with incredible moral uh, consequences Mm mm-hmm Scary stuff. Twitter has started testing out 4,000 character tweets. <laughs> oh, baby. That's a big difference. Under Elon Musk's leadership, the end of short form on his social media platform is nigh. The end of short form. Oof. That's weird because I, I also, speaking of nostalgia, I have some of, I'm feeling some of that here for some reason. Hmm? Nostalgia around the short character limit, which was originally determined by SMS. It was originally a was 140 characters. Mm-hmm. It was a consequence of technological limitation at the time of how tweets were originally posted. And it was kind of novel. It forced people to be concise. Mm-hmm. But it also created a lot of other things as a consequence. That's the art. <laughs> well... Was that a character limitation, though? I don't know. No, that's something separate, because you got lots of characters in that stuff. Yeah. And that was probably a consequence. What was that of just chat rooms in general? Yeah. Where you were limited to text only. The new post format, which allows for tweets more than 14 times longer than the current... They upped it to 280 at one point. Isn't necessarily a surprise. Elon Musk has been hinting at plans to increase the tweet character limit to 4,000 for months now. In response to December 2022 tweet, Elon, is it true that Twitter is set to increase the characters from 280 to 4,000? The billionaire simply responded, yes, the billionaire. Mm. Don't forget, he's a billionaire. So this is what it would look like. Yeah, you'd have to constantly be clicking this show more situation. Hmm. This is a long tweet. This is a long tweet. This is a long tweet. Click show more there. Yeah, it's a long tweet, all right. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know, Will. I, I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads with Twitter where I don't, I really don't feel I'm enjoying my experience right now. I'm going on it a lot, but I'm often just not enjoying it. And a lot, I don't know, because I'm seeing stuff and I know I can click on the tab, which is people. And it's like the same complaint that people have. Many people have a social media in general, what becomes algorithmic. And maybe the algorithm's just not good or something like this, but I'm not clicking the people I follow tab. I'm just on the, the native page. And I find myself just almost, you know, habitually scrolling, just assuming that it's people I follow. I'm still at that stage with Twitter where I haven't fully adapted. And it's I'm seeing a lot of like fights and a lot of mm. just just stuff that it seems so so much more generically TikTok or whatever. And Do you have I, blue? Are you subscribed to blue? No, because I have a check mark anyway. Oh, okay. But what is your suggestion suggestion with that? What would be the difference? Would it help the algorithm kind of funnel out well, some sort of I mean like, what they what the suggestion uh, would be is hey hey, just tap on the people you follow, right? Mm. Tab. But that's enough for me. I don't really spend enough time there to uh, have so much agency over the experience. If tapping Twitter in the first place is not the most common thing that I do. And then if I do, I'm already kind of scrolling and not thinking about where I am to that extent. Mm. And the point being is if most people are doing that and you know, they must be because the secondary tab is the alternative, which is people you follow. Then I do wonder if people are leaving the platform feeling with an emotion that they're that they're satisfied mm. leaving with or if they're having something similar occur to, to to my experience i really am not super into the political stuff on there i'm not super into the violence or like whatever these extremities are that seem to thrive on social media and twitter compared to youtube youtube sort of somehow insulates me from that when I go to my YouTube home feed, it somehow is making novel suggestions mm -hmm. that are interesting and less inflammatory. And I know it's like everyone has this interpretation of Twitter anyways, that it's an inflammatory place full of conflict. But now that I'm outside of the people I follow, I'm just it, my exposure to that has increased drastically. So I'm going to have to tweak it. I, the, the, the reason I went to that is because I'm assuming that you open up the character limit. You're just going to get more. You're going to amplify what you already have. Hmm. Possibly. And you can imagine dialogue and conflict and arguments, but now with 4,000 characters. Gotcha. So, I'm, I mean, I'm terrified. I hope they can figure out a way to at least hit me with a more novel algorithm that is less focused on those similar and kind of at this point b boring extremities. Yeah. Uh, it's just so po polarizing. I don't know. I'm not the first person I've talked about this, but I'm just feeling that I was just on Twitter, like, mm -hmm. and that was this is the feeling I'm getting more and more. Even and I and I'm, I'm hearing it from others. But would it be better if you can control? the floodgates somehow yeah but again filters. but again it, no the average person is not going to train it in that way mm -hmm. you know you can make it as easy as possible and you maybe you get a little bit of feedback like without incentives people are going to use it the way it's given to them and the best example of that is tiktok which obviously at one point took over the world because people didn't have to do anything except barely move their thumb mm -hmm. people will Complete go randomness people will go chaos exactly they'll go towards convenience even if they're not enjoying it hmm. you know how many times you see humans will select for convenience even if they know it's bad for them hmm. and they'd be like i could pick something that would be so much better in this circumstance and fulfilling or like you just just think about food for example well you could you could have something nutritious and you could put it together and it maybe there's a tiny bit of effort maybe 10 minutes more effort or you could reach for some type of trash mm. and you reach for the trash. I'm not saying you specifically, mm. but I'm saying the. I do though. Well, from time to time. I, yeah. think, I think you also put some together from time to time. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's like we're just so susceptible to falling into that convenience loop 
and just agreeing to whatever is being showcased and belonging to one particular camp because it's just easier, not because we've given it a tremendous amount of thought. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a dangerous game. Mm. All right. Let's switch it up a little bit. Oh well, like, are, are you done with the, the rant there? <laughs> well, did it? Did it? Was it? Did it make it to rant status? Yeah, um, it made it all the way to rant status. I, I listen. It's, I. It's hard to say. I mean, my my Twitter experience hasn't been that negative compared to yours. I have been getting a lot of ads just because I haven't subscribed to Blue, um, but overall, I mean, I don't see like too much conflict you know what this reminds me of it's like people who say i don't see ads have you ever heard this like i don't see ads Mm. uh i don't even notice them i'm on google i don't even notice ads i just buzz right past them yeah people people make that claim i think it's bullcrap you know what i mean i think yes selectively the way you remember an experience maybe to a certain extent but there is some kind of impact is subconscious uh-huh. there is some kind of exposure and impact even if you scroll past it even if you have the discipline to say i don't want to watch that just the fact that there was a that split second of exposure mm. in your universe selected for mm. there's residual to f- any of these feed-based things where i feel agency outside of shorts agency is just a little bit higher on youtube where it's still click-based now i get it on mobile you have autoplay and a few other things but you still click there is still a click to get to to kind of prove agency to yourself over what your taste even is hmm. the absence of the click and the social media that's out there that is all pre-click the whole context is pre-click takes away your own training of oneself in relationship to taste Mm -hmm. it like the onslaught and speed disarms you i bring up my favorite (laughs) my, my my favorite science fiction prediction from clockwork orange from you know what was it 71 1971 Okay, now we can move on, Will. Oh, I just was yeah. trying to really articulate my feeling on the matter, and you can call it a rant if you want. But we can talk about it for, like, hours, you know? So, well, somebody has, keep it on the rails Well, here. somebody has to, because yeah. it's not a common... It may be a common conversation to us in here because we exist in this media landscape. However, I think the general public, it might not be a common conversation because... You know, it's. I think it's an easy one to overlook, and there's a lot of young people as well that haven't known it any other way. Mm. So anyway, Tesla's going to present Elon Musk's master plan part three during Investor Day. Details of Elon Musk's master plan are going to be discussed. Uh, March 1st, 2023, update was shared by the Tesla CEO himself on, where else? Twitter. Master Plan 3, the path to a fully sustainable energy future for Earth will be presented on March 1. The future is bright. This kind of looks like a Matrix or movie poster type scenario. Of course, if you look more closely, there's Easter eggs in there. You can probably notice uh, that each one of those little, it almost looks like a honeycomb type effect from this far away. And there's a Tesla logo there, but it's actually the die cast frames of their vehicles. Mm. And this is such a big deal for them that this will create manufacturing efficiency. Mm. Never before seen that the, the fact that they're having, I mean, they're having these die-cast style machines manufactured uh, specialty machines that are kind of one of a kind mm-hmm. in order to allow for this manufacturing process. Unlike the first master plan and master plan part duh. Uh, Musk noted that Master Plan Part 3 will also include sections related to his other companies, SpaceX and the Boring Company. He's going to wedge in a little bit about those. Main Tesla subjects will be scaling to extreme size, which is needed to shift humanity away from fossil fuels and, and AI, but it will also include sections about SpaceX, Tesla, the Boring Company, Musk wrote. Well, that's kind of must-see type thing. I mean, maybe we'll watch it. The problem is though their live streams happen at what time? It's always it's usually a, in the evening for us. It's the middle of the night, is it not? 
Yeah. Which is weird because they're out west, so it's... Oh, yeah, that makes Three sense. Three hours um, Yeah, that before. makes sense. That's why it's so late for Early. us. Because they're out west. Although, if they're doing this one... They're doing this one from Texas? Uh, Giga, Texas. They're yeah. doing this one from Texas. Okay, on March 1st. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a live stream party, Will, and we'll do a live reaction to... I mean, every time they do any type of event, it feels like... Uh, 1 a.m. No, no, no. I, I was going to say... Yeah, yeah, I know it's late, but I was going to say it seems that the boundaries are unlimited. Even when things seem far off, like they're bought or whatever, hmm. they are very willing to talk about far in the future, which is always interesting yeah. because you can kind of... like. I mean, they call it a master plan, but you can kind of see maybe even possibilities beyond your lifetime to a certain extent. You start getting the imagination going on on where and how things will be, mm-hmm. um, like the AI bot or Tesla bot or whatever the hell they called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla replaces the car for the guy whose steering wheel fell off in the middle of the freeway. This was a, a, obviously a terrible scenario brand new model y driving down a freeway steering wheel pops off boom oh my god terrifying experience so t- pull it over to the side of the road bud i can't i got no steering wheel now still have the um that little sheet that you get when you get a new car when you pick it up brand yeah. new yeah it's wild um listen this was an unfortunate event they're 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 uh, producing many of these because it's a tesla you have a news story but quality control has been a question related to tesla in the past as they're trying to ramp everything up and people are like am i really getting quality even you when you got yours you're like is this thing like the way you sniffed around oh i did some sniffing like, i had a whole checklist and surprisingly mine was great production yeah. was good you nailed it. Well, it's because they looked at the purchase orders like, oh, Willie, dude, we got to hit this guy. With yeah. the, we got to double, triple check. We got to cross the T's, dot the I's. Playing the hammer. Yeah, we got to, we're going up against the Bronco on this one. They knew. Yeah. They followed the whole story. They're Lou Later fans. Wait, you kidding me? They got notifications turned on, bud. Elon. Yeah, you got notifications <laughs> right, turned on, bud. Thank you. Did you just say thank you to Elon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For watching the show, I appreciate the support. I like how you played along with my scenario there. Um, so anyway, he, this guy is hilarious. He changed his Twitter name to Tesla Y Steering Wheel Fall, fall Off. Fall Off. <laughs> fall Off. <laughs> so he had, previously he had had a different name on Twitter, but then all, obviously all the notoriety as the Tesla Steering Wheel Fell Off guy, he changes his mm. entire identity to Tesla, comma, why steering wheel fall off? <laughs> That's pretty clever. Question mark. And the why is why because yeah, he had a model, model y. y. It's pretty cool. Anyway, started tweeting at Elon and actually uh, did a whole um, dialogue with with Tesla to try to get a deal. Uh, or sorry, to try to get them to buy back the busted Model Y. Mm. He just didn't want anything to do with it, mm-hmm. I guess. And... of people polled suggested that he goes, he tries to get a new one instead of keeping his current car and having the steering wheel fixed, Mm. which is not normally the thing that would happen. Normally they would just repair whatever's broken and you'd keep the car you have. But when you have such a major failure so soon after getting the thing, I guess you can make a case for replacement. So he went back and forth with Tesla and Tesla finally decided, they said, this is not what we normally do, but they, they finally decided to give him a different car and put him in the queue like uh, some sort of priority sequence to get it and then they let him borrow a model y in the meantime so hopefully that steering wheel doesn't fall off uh, oh yeah it's true originally they tried to charge him for the for the repair he's like what are you talking about how am i responsible for this a hundred bucks get out of here my wheel fell off I almost died on the highway yeah I don't know. Probably a bolt wasn't done up. I don't know. It, it's all metal. I, I doubt it broke. I probably just wasn't originally secured. That's my yeah. guess. So happy story. I'm so happy. Yeah. For him. Mm. He got himself a new Model Y. Uh, Hertz took delivery of half of its massive Tesla order of 100,000 electric cars. This was such a big deal when this order originally went in mm. because everyone was like, can these things really work properly as rentals? Like when's a big rental company going to come in and just put in a huge purchase order? And that's what happened here. 100,000 is no joke. Mm. 
You want to do the math on something like that. Well, mm. what the average purchase price around 50K and you order 100,000 of them, you don't want to do the math on something like that. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. Hertz disclosed that it took delivery of only half of its massive Tesla order of 100,000 electric cars. However, the numbers don't add up. In 2021, Hertz announced an important effort to electrify its fleet of rental cars led by a massive purchase of 100,000 Model 3 vehicles. More recently, the company added Model Y vehicles to the order. The rental car company said that it expects to have all 100,000 Tesla vehicles by the end of 2022. Though Tesla didn't seem to be completely on board with that timeline, today Hertz disclosed through its annual filings for 2022 that it ended the year with about 48,000 Tesla vehicles, uh, which is not not uh, quite half of the original order. Their their entire fleet peaked at 412. Man, that is incredible, the scale of the rental car companies. Mm. I know when I got the thing stolen, they're like, well, you have the allowance for the rental. Mm. And then people were telling me it's actually hard to get a rental right now, probably because so many cars are getting stolen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in the case of Hertz, they have like half a million cars. And uh, 11% of those cars are apparently Teslas. And then the company had an additional like thousand or so in the international fleet. However, according to Electric, these numbers are confusing. Shortly after announcing the Tesla order, Hertz announced that on top of Adding Tesla vehicles to its rental fleet, the company also made a deal with Uber to offer its drivers access to those Tesla vehicles. 50,000 Tesla vehicles would be offered for rent to Uber drivers. So this maybe this explains why I see so many damn Tesla Uber drivers. Oh. I swear it's got to be the most common vehicle for delivery people at this point. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, in and out. You know, don't have to start your car again. But this is kind of cool. You don't even own the thing. Just you rent it temporarily right. from a company like Hertz. You do your deliveries. You have your delivery specific car. I don't know if the mar- uh, margins work out. You can turn a profit doing that. Mm. It's kind of interesting. But I'm just saying anecdotally, delivery types have gravitated towards these electric cars probably from a cost perspective. Mm. It's probably cheaper to run these things. And they're typically in urban places. They can get the cheap charge going. So they're just you know, trying to maximize profits in doing so um but anyway yeah so i I guess hertz is still waiting on some of those teslas and tesla themselves has had to kind of space this thing out because you can imagine what that would do to your assembly line to try Mm -hmm. to pump pump out or prioritize this insane order a couple of uh loose steering wheels again (laughs) yeah easy you just said thanks to elon like moments ago now shots fired now you're poking Look at this stunning Bugatti Chiron or Chiron RV put modern puts modern motorhomes to shame. This is the type of thing you got to drive around once you once you get to that next planet, yeah. Mars or whatever, or even if even if if it's like post apocalyptic world here on Earth. Yeah, this is what you if you're the warlord, you need to be driving this around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why big trucks can't look this cool. I suppose they could. But they never do. Yeah. And definitely RVs look nowhere near this school. It's probably because there's practicality reasons. Like sure. With the squatty windshield and everything else, you need to look aggressive and uh-huh. and cool. This is obviously a like artist interpretation type render, which yeah. always gives us the funkiest kind of look at automotive. When mm-hmm. you see just creative people just goofing around and imagining things mm-hmm. without the restraints of actually having to build it. Yeah, yeah, the hard part. Uh, Bugatti will never do this, obviously. They barely make cars. Like they have, like, I don't even know what the global output is yeah. of a car a year. They're ultra fast hyper cars. Yeah. But this is what it would look like if on in some crazy dimension, instead, they were building RVs. Mm-hmm. This is what it would look like. Look at the size of those. That those t- tire and wheel package over there. For, for what? For increased efficiency. You have the flat cover on the wheel. Mm-hmm. For increased efficiency. Like, how much, uh, how much fuel do you think this one drinks there, Will? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I feel every station. No, I mean, this, the tank is going to have to be enormous over there. Uh, the artist, we should totally shout out the other. Wow, that render looks even better when you see it with the reflections and stuff in the desert. Yeah. It looks a little different, though, the front end. I guess there's been a, there's been a couple different takes. Yeah, skim through some of those. I don't think I can. Can I? I feel like I have to log in. Really? No? Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know. Try. Click next. Look at this. Okay, so there's a few different versions. You can pick and choose your favorite. 
Man. You show up to the RV park with this baby right here? <laughs> so luxury. So shiny. Damn. Gold. This is the one we saw. This is the most Batman of the bunch. Very cool. Very cool. Most po- post-apocalyptic. This one has a sliding door on it. Yeah. In the land of concepts, you can do whatever you want. I guess this is a collab between Magnesium Media and Flyby Artist. Mm. So shout out. This has uh, 364,000 likes on Instagram. Keep doing your thing. Who knows? Maybe one day one of these designs actually gets made. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw this. Did I tell you about this? See, we both, I told you this thing is getting so yeah, algorithmic. This was in my feed. Exactly. Right? Mine too. Got some, uh, I've done some research on it. Oh my goodness. I'm going to shut up right now. No, no. You can. I'm going to shut. No. Talk about your experience. What do you mean? I didn't have an experience. I, I'm just saying it popped up in both of our feeds algorithmically. Yeah. So it must well, be. Well, I just found an article. It must be crushing. What Don't are the. Go crazy here. What are the specs on this tweet? Um, Mongolian. Oh, no. Yeah. 10 see that? See that? Okay, 10 million, 57,000 likes, 5300 retweets. Anyway, it ended up in both of our feeds. You have 12 uh 12 days worth of sheep walking in circles discovered by a Mongolian farmer and recorded from multiple angles and they're walking around you know, this circle, which it seems like they can't go. It looks like a Mr. Beast video from back Mm. in the day. Yeah, just zombies. Except it's the reverse. It's not you have to stay in the circle. You can't go in the circle. Uh You you have to walk around the circle. The last man standing walking around the circle gets $100,000. And all the sheep are just, some sheep are watching as well. The sheep. Yeah, they're like, they're out already. They're like, ah, we're out. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, Will. Uh, lay it on us. We, based on your research, what the hell's going on here? Um, so this happened, I think, in November of last year. And it's literally just sheep walking 12 days straight. And I think it's because of one sheep getting really bored in the pen. And then more sheep followed. <laughs> This is you your, don't believe me. No, but that's your explanation. I mean, it's a perfect circle they're walking in. Yeah. Um, that's what's explained in this article. But um, you know ants, they do the death spiral thing? It's something similar. Have you seen that before? No. No? Maybe. Okay. Death spiral? Like before yeah. they die? No. So they follow an ant that is literally lost. Okay. And then... They, the ant just kind of goes in a circle and then you have more ants that join them in hopes that they can get home. So they're just following each other. Okay. And what ends up is like this massive um, floor of just ants. Just like, it looks like a, like a tornado or something. Yeah, like but that, that to me looks more organic, the way in which they spiral. Mm. Like, see how when you put, when somebody placed some, oh, that one there looks more interesting go go down to the one with an object in the center this one yeah or the next one over where it's a circle without anything in the center interesting so this is like a phenomenon that in nature it's like some animals and maybe insects keep following each other until in this case they they die of exhaustion the sheep didn't it's die, a, though, right? No, like the some, sheep. The sheep is okay. They're, the, they're okay. Somebody went in there. It looks like the because sheep because it is a pen. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like the sheep are in the pen for long periods, and this might lead to stereotypic behavior with the repeated circling due to frustration about being in the pen and limited," said Matt Bell, a professor of the Department of Agriculture at Hart Prairie University in Glout. Gloucester, England. You know what's interesting? They, they are, yeah, they're obviously uh, herd animals or whatever. What's interesting about this is you get the explanation, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. I got it, right? But then at the same time, you're like, what the uh, hell are what? what the hell are ants even doing? Like, yeah. it, 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 just the existence of these creatures, and like, what is their the 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 psyche? Like, how do they? They're so seemingly programmed yeah they don't they're not an individual thinker these ants (laughs) they're 
very much into like the colony. What are they tuned into? Where are these instructions coming from, Will? So they claim it's uh, something called flock, flock mentality. mentality. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm just saying, if you zoom out far enough, you're like, wow, everything is wild. Like just everything. And kind of beautiful in a way. Uh, I mean, it's a perfect circle. Well, it's not beautiful because they're frustrated. They're just like, this is yeah, too tight I mean, in here. We're going to walk too much in into circles. We're frustrated we're going to walk in circles. But people say it's also um, another disease. Bacterial disease called listeriosis. Circling disease. Jesus. The illness can be transmitted through contaminated food, soil, or animal feces. Causes a wide range of symptoms, including depression. I don't know. It's a perfect circle. They don't touch the interior. It's It remains bizarre and, uh, yeah. These high-tech tiles generate energy from our footsteps. Well, you got to put these tiles where those sheep are. They got a lot of footsteps in the mm -hmm. circle there. Yeah. And they could change how we power our cities. Pavagen tiles can be placed wherever there is floor space, indoors or on a city street. Wow. Look at those. So every time huh. the weight is transferred and they're pressed down upon... Uh, some amount of energy is created. You're mm. just harnessing that free energy of the human. I could totally see these in malls. They kind of look nice, too. They don't look terrible. Yeah, this is a nice pattern. A UK startup called Pavagen has invented a way to generate renewable energy from people's footsteps. Stepping onto a Pavagen tile just one time releases five watts of electric charge, which is enough to power a light bulb for 20 seconds. <laughs> Whoa. One foot, one light bulb, 20 seconds. These tiles use something called piezoelectric effect, which is when certain materials release an electric charge when they are compressed. Copper coils and magnets then help to create a charge through induction. It's one example of how kinetic energy can be harnessed to produce cleaner, cheaper electricity on top of other renewable sources like hydro, wind, solar, and nuclear. Yeah, you're not going to power a city based on this. It can be so expensive to implement everywhere there's pavement. Mm -hmm. However... When I hear the word kinetic, I always get fired up because when I was a kid, I had a Seiko kinetic watch mm. with auto relay, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world mm -hmm. that it never needed a battery. Yeah, just powered by just movements. Just power, just movement power. Now, it, it probably in the short term is another one of those, oh my God, when players run on the pitch, it powers the lights. Mm. Damn. I don't know, man. It's definitely extremely cool. I don't know how it's 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 going to be feasible in small installations. It's not going to power the entire city. Apparently, they're in thirty six countries though, and one hundred fifty different projects worldwide. Also, you have some places that don't have much of a grid, so you could have a closed system mm -hmm. like that soccer pitch, wherever it was. It's pretty interesting. Airports, places with very high traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, last one. Former, oh, okay, I found this one. I thought this was wild. First of all, look at this picture. So this is in San Francisco, and this individual who's a former basketball player has taken upon himself to basically offer his services to anybody in this rundown community. So this is Tenderloin District in San Francisco, which has uh, got all kinds of problems going on right now. Like problems with, I, I like pretty much everything, like homelessness and crime and er, everything from theft to homicides to it's just a rough part of town at the moment. Mm. So this uh, is a former UCLA player. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oma Givens, something like that. He played college basketball for UCLA and. I believe another team, Pepperdine, in the 1990s, and he has taken up offering security to neighbors in this neighborhood. Here's the quote. We should all have the right to feel safe. If you're a senior citizen and you got to walk to the pharmacy, I'll walk you there, and I'll walk you back home. Givens uh, says he's offering his services for free in the neighborhood, and he claims that elders are currently afraid to leave their homes. That's the degree to which it, which it is. They don't even want to leave because it's so ru gotten rugged out there. Mm. Everybody's afraid of getting involved, he said. People on the Citizen app are posting a picture of a guy mistreating a dog as if we're supposed to do something about it when he's right there. This guy is six foot eleven, and he hopes to use his size to keep people safe. Wow. Which is 
good, but at the same time, it's like, man, people got weapons and people are wild and you just hope it doesn't take a twist. In the meantime, you kind of appreciate the fact that this guy's committed to the community and appreciates the community to the extent that he's trying to help people out. Mm. He went on to say that he really likes San Francisco and that's the reason he's not, that he's committed to it. Yeah. Not trying to uh, bounce out of there. In the last few months, this particular district, Tenderloin, is apparently the epicenter of San Francisco's drug crisis, has been the site of multiple homicides, including fatal shootings and a notable incident where a man was fatally stabbed in his own home during a robbery. I think you can understand why elderly in this region yeah. might be a little bit concerned. Yeah. Um, before, I, Oh, go ahead. I lied. Uh, this is the last story. Oh. Since we're talking about basketball, I figured we can just... I, I, I know this story, and I've seen the comparison images. Okay. You want to go ahead and explain this one, Will? Uh, well, there's uh, these two iconic shots by LeBron and Michael Jordan, um, and it's 25 years apart, and you can kind of see, based on these two photos, the crowd and the difference... Um, so obviously in Michael Jordan's era, there's no smartphones at all. It's just people smiling, happy. <laughs> and surprised and like super yeah, engaged. Yeah, going to get the basket, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then in LeBron's shot, it's all phones. They're if all, you can really look closely, it's literally everyone holding a smartphone. They're all broadcasters. It's like... We used to be so efficient. We could just enjoy ourselves and the cameraman could worry about getting the shot. Mm. Now we're all unpaid cameramen. Yes. <laughs> With worse camera equipment. Yeah. So we can... Just missing out on the moment. <laughs> so we can prove to somebody that this is our clip and we were there and hopefully impress someone. I don't... I, yeah, it's it's an odd... I, I understand the the kind of feeling that you don't want the moment that you want to capture the moment and you want to have your own clip but i've been in situations like this and i i'm like more like the guy with the gray hair in the front row and that's where my eyes gravitate this guy probably been sitting there for years i don't know he might even be somebody you're supposed to know but he's just watching the yeah. guy's just watching and interestingly enough i mean you the other people who end up just watching are the people who work there like you can see the guys that work for the building over there on the right hand side Mm -hmm. that aren't camera people and they're actually just engaged watching it as well everyone else is having to deal with their sort of subpar version of it looking at it through their just arms, phone screen arms outstretched trying you know, to get the better shot there is another um version of this photo which is at a church see if you can find it it's extremely famous phones versus no phones then and now and you can put um church See if you can find it. Uh, and just go to Google Images. Uh, it's in, it's like a famous cathedral. Put cathedral instead of church. Oh, this is going to be impossible now. There it is. We found it. Yep. See, if you can click on that, you can see 2005 versus 2013. There it is. This is the famous one. So this is cell phones in St. Peter's. I don't know what the event is. A far cry from the virtually camera-free Piazza eight years ago. So this is only an eight-year gap to showcase the prevalence of smartphones. You originally had an event in 2005, and everybody is captivated and watching and kind of there. And then you have the 2013 moment where it's just a sea of screens. It's no different at a concert or something like that. But you do have to ask yourself, what is the resolution difference? And by resolution, I mean your ability to enjoy the experience or your ability to even accurately discern what the experience is when you're, when you're sort of changing your viewpoint so significantly by placing this lens in front of it, mm. this screen in front of it, this blockage in front of it, instead of being completely available for the experience there there's something and i think some people will downplay it some people will overplay it but the fact of the matter is it is different and there probably is some residual there probably is some consequence to that 
that we're living in a time now where everybody is capturing all the time, but they're capturing, they're capturing for a third party. They're capturing not for their own data bank, but for another one somewhere in the cloud. Yeah. Capturing on behalf of our future AI overlords, Ugh. capturing so things can belong to a data set somewhere because all those assets that came from that moment end up on the web, end up indexed. And who's it all for in the long run? I mean, there's a handful of people that make a living in this space, but it's certainly not everyone who's mm -hmm. contributing these elements, who's transmitting this data. Listen, we don't know the consequence, but we're going to keep digging into it as you would because that's what's interesting and that's uh it may it may very well alter our course as we remain protected in our underground bunker. Yeah. Waiting to see what transpires. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today. We're going to keep doing it cuz you keep doing it. Uh, remember, if you want part, if you want to participate in these live shows, make sure to hit the notification bell so you can come here live. You can always catch up after the fact via uh, the upload on under the live tab on the YouTube channel via audio. I don't often give a shout out to the people who listen often enough. That could be on uh, Google Podcasts or Apple or wherever and however you interact with this. And then, of course, everybody who catches up by watching clips on the Later, later Clips channel. Truly appreciate all the support we get. And consistency is king. We keep it going. The, go. the, the, the record is intact. I don't even want to say the number of days, but look at us. Still look doing it. Us. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. Later. <laughs>